you're going to come for the major sports presenters, you best not miss, ladies and gents. Welcome to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast, where I can absolutely guarantee 100% we will not be cutting this down to 20 minutes of analysis. You will have us for a full, <laughs> good amount of time. I can tell you that. Ah, that is good. Good intro. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you listen to us here in the United Kingdom, you obviously know what we're talking about after the past three or four days worth of shenanigans. After our podcast again, fucking BBC. But, like you said, we're back. We won't be 20 minutes long, and we've got well, plenty depends. to talk about. <laughs> I'll be honest, did we care about what happened this weekend after what went down? Does it feel like it really did sort of take a backseat slightly? Kind of, but... Maybe get that was probably because it was only available in one place. <laughs> you couldn't get exactly. it in the place you would usually get it. Exactly. But there's definitely a lot happened in the Premier League and the European Leagues for us to talk about, which we can get on to in a little bit. But let's talk about the elephant in the room, shall we? Hey, that's harsh, just because his ears are big. <laughs> I didn't even mean it like that, for fuck's sake. <laughs> didn't, but that's so rude. <laughs> Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, Gary Lineker, all that stuff that happened over a, a little tweet that wasn't wrong. Maybe in the language you can debate that it's it is, as it is debatable, but he told the truth. He completely yeah. told the truth about our dis- disgrace of a government right now. Yeah, I mean, say what you like about the tweet. For me, personally, there was nothing wrong with it, any of the language to use. And he's right to publicly come out and criticise the government for what they're doing. Obviously, we will stay away from that side of politics because we're a football podcast, not politics. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I, I know you have that view. But I want to say all the, the the weakest opinion you can add is, "Oh, stick to football." It's like, no, they caught, they brought this into football. That's yeah. what they did. They brought the politics into football. Exactly. It makes no sense of just saying football people and players just stick to what you know best at like did you not see what happened a couple of years back with the marcus rashford stuff that was actually two years ago that yeah, was that's the, the year which is they looked at that and went that went brilliantly should we, should we try it again with gary lineker hmm. no, it's funny i thought it's so funny when it, it's them that are saying well, if these sports pundits and presenters should be sticking to to football and not getting involved in politics. Maybe you should stick to your politics then. Don't get involved in these. It works both oh. ways. Yeah, there's nothing more embarrassing than seeing these uh, Tory lot, whether it's... Was it Penny Warden in the House of Commons the other day? The amount of times I've cringed this weekend at a Tory MP trying to do a, a football analogy in anything they're trying to say, I'd be a millionaire. I'd they they just need to shut up. <laughs> Sadly, they're just embarrassing themselves, which they do almost on a weekly basis, and have been mm. for thirteen years. Yeah, I mean, my well, one of my final bits on this whole situation was um, Tory MP. See, I didn't even go onto him. I know his name. I don't want to mention his name. The guy's a press. Blackpool South, was it? I don't care. <laughs> The fact I know what you're talking about. There were two of them in particular. It was yeah, just yeah. They showed all the goals, 
but match of the day has ever missed showing any of the goals ever in its 59 years, 60 years or so of running. <laughs> no expert analysis. And you had enough time to go to the pub for a pint. The programme finished at 20 to 11. So if you, to be exactly, he said about the pub line, he said it would go just in time to go in time for the last orders. First, who is going to the pub just for the last orders? And 20 to 11, who's going out to a pub? This guy, clearly. <laughs> I can understand saying, uh, yeah, maybe if you're like a teenager and you're going to the, to a club on the weekend, because obviously most clubs go, start getting a lively about 11 o'clock. But to a pub. So even if he lives two minutes away from the pub, the maximum he'll get in is maybe two pints. And he'll have to order them at the same time because they usually cut them off like yeah. 10 minutes before. Yeah. And even that wasn't the thing that offended me the most. It was the fact that he called it episodes. Exactly. What? Like, <laughs> episodes? It's not fucking friends. It's done every week. Mm-hmm. And it's literally 38 weeks a year. It's on. You don't call it an episode. Oh, it's, you can, it's the way they speak about it. You can tell they've never watched an episode in their life. <laughs> oh, These people, just... Are, you just know the way they talk about football as well. They don't watch football at all. Yeah. They just claim to. But then if you'd probably ask them in an interview, like, okay, who's your favourite team? They'd they're just say anything. Name me one football player that isn't English that plays in the Premier League. They wouldn't be able to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but it's Monday now, and the news that we had this morning was Gary Lineker is coming back on. The issue has resolved. The BBC have looked like mugs. And yep. The guy behind it, Tim Davey, just apologised. Apologised yeah. in air quotes, because does he believe this? No, not really. And, yeah, what a mess. Yeah, I mean, so if you're not in the UK, uh, you probably won't know. So there's obviously... Football focus didn't go ahead, which would have been Alex Scott, Glenn Murray, and I can't think of who the other person was meant to be on with them. I don't recall now. Um, final score with Jason Mohammed Again, Glenn Murray was meant to be on that as yeah, well. That was odd. <laughs> you should see that. Uh, but that wasn't on. Then obviously, match of the day itself was just 20 minutes worth, just showing the goals, no commentators. Did you watch, uh, did you watch anything? No. Because I didn't either. I just saw the Twitter reaction and then flicked on. So there was, just, I think I'd flicked on just as the Bournemouth goal was showing. And I was like, this, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. Get it also, off. <laughs> on this whole match of the day thing, apparently they uh, breached their own rules. Yes, not having no, commentators for the blind. And yeah. they were meant to have it. Yeah, which is like... <laughs> They didn't think um, of the bigger picture in this. They panicked. Yeah, tried to take the high road and they haven't. Yeah. They've been knocked down off the high horse. And you also need to have something for deaf people Yeah, as well in that regard. Mm, and then obviously Sunday, match there was of no the day subtitles because they once spoke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, match of the day too was the same as match of the day. And then the Women's Super League game. It was just um, the using mm. the World Feed FA player commentator. Nigel Which wasn't as bad, even though the first ten minutes was pretty bleak. Given you, the audio levels were quite low on it. <laughs> it was like mm. what, Nigel? 
And what was also worse was, I don't know whether you watched it from the very start, but when they had the match yeah, of the day that, theme tune coming on, they had, you could hear Chelsea's that. stadium music in the background. Yeah. They had I the data on. <laughs> so yeah. it was just awfully, awfully done. But um, thankfully this morning it's been put to bed and we should be returning back to normal this weekend. Yeah. I was going to do a bit then with the intro, but we've gone past it. <laughs> I just liked it with the, or pretty much every presenter and commentator, they all came out in support of him. Yeah. Which is amazing to see. And exactly. it was all, it was a bit like, you know, the scene in Monty Python. Because I said, gone around a bit. <laughs> they all step up. I'm Gary Lineker. <laughs> uh, I'm Gary Lineker. Out, I'm, I'm Spartacus. No, that, that's what Danny Murphy would would be saying. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, I do like uh, Monty Python. It's great. But now we have to go on to the football and what did happen. I think it's only fair. We <laughs> are a football podcast, as you did say. Yes. Um, Where do we start? <laughs> you want to start with perfect. <laughs> Being brought back down to earth. Dumping Manchester United 7-0 one week, losing 1-0 to Bournemouth the next. Yeah. Interesting that there was no Carragher anywhere to be seen on, on Sky, except the commentary desk for Newcastle oh, Wolves. Also, Gary Neville, top-class shithousery. Top-class shithousery, but this was actually brought up last week when... So this was already put in people's minds. Carragher came on the Champions League coverage of a can of 7-up. Yes, I did see and that. People already said, well, it'd be funny when they don't score the weekend and then someone comes in with a can of Coke Zero. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people doing uh, ca- uh, like Man United accounts doing a uh, can of Cherry Coke Zero because obviously yeah, Bournemouth nicknames the cherries, <laughs> which is like oh, absolute chocolate <laughs> shit. Hell, sorry. Yeah, that was amazing. And Liverpool, if, I, I give weren't up. amazing. I, I, I give up. I don't predicting anything with this season. Stop. This now goes towards the, the big six as well as everyone else. There's no point getting up to face the big teams. When you cannot have that same mentality against someone mm. like Bournemouth. Yeah, it's so, so strange. Like, what, It's the worst thing um, about this season, really. And I know that bring in turn brings an, an even league, which is, I guess, a better thing in hindsight. Yeah. But to the team specifically, it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the squad from Saturday lunchtime for Jürgen Klopp, and there's only... One change because I think Carvey Elliott didn't start last week against Man United. It was yeah, the bit then the midfield was completely different, wasn't it? Not completely because I'm sure. Uh... But I don't know if by no, it was Bartesic who didn't play last week. Carvey Elliott did. Oh yeah, sorry, it was by Chelsea it was that came came in for uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Henderson this week. Yeah, uh, but we said a midfield all want defense just can't get the. Just can't get it together. Van Dijk. Van Disney. <laughs> he has completely lost it. Why Van Disney? I need to really understand the roots of this. I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe because he's hair, when he, I think because um, I've just thought of it. You know, when he used to have his hair like in um, like a bubble, I think it was early Liverpool days, late Southampton days. Yeah, Is he not he still? Like two... I feel like his haircut's the same no, as it always He's had it in like... He's had it in like two bubble points of like um, looking like that. That would make all the sense in the world, actually. 
yeah, rather than his usual. that he was there. Yeah. Awful performance from Liverpool. I mean, I just don't even know what to say because one week, one week we're praising them for absolutely destroying Man United, and then they just look a shell of themselves this week. Yeah, and it's hard to analyse because it just—it's not what you expect. Mm. Well done. Uh, we, we have to have respect for Bournemouth because well done for them to to do that after yeah. the whole preview was they got battered 9 no by them last time was it going to happen again mm-hmm. now uh, just in the relegation zone on goal difference I'll go to the relegation at some point oh, no, I... Mm. <laughs> I don't know anymore uh, yeah final bit on this game was obviously um, a fantastic sight uh, for Bournemouth fans and football fans across uh, the world seeing David Brooks back amongst the team sheet for the first time in over 500 days after it was announced he had been battling cancer so uh, fantastic to see Broxy back amongst the subs for Bournemouth this past weekend. That was a very nice thing to see you. Right uh, where should we head to next? Uh, trying to think uh, you know, I want to go over the whole relegation thing now because it's just unbelievable Gosh. and baffling. Yeah I mean 12 down, I don't know who's going down. Nah, literally. Possible school at this point. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be one where if we say three teams today, come Friday's preview, we'll be saying another three teams, and then next week we'll be looking at another three teams. So it's too close to call. I mean, some teams have got 12 games left, others have got 11 games left of the season. Um, you're not going to like that. I am going to make you predict the bottom three. Because <laughs> I, I generally thought, mm, should we try and predict it? Because going based on, I've seen a post that put up the run-ins now towards the end of the season, and I think it makes it sort of more clear. Okay, well, I'm going to go based on from my current thinking of it and not looking at who's coming up for who, fixture-wise. I would say Southampton... Leeds, and then I'm tossing between West Ham and Leicester. Yeah, I think like, I'm stopping myself from predicting a three, but having seen the run-ins, Southampton play more teams that are in the top half and not around them, so I think they're in trouble unless they pick up a result. Which obviously they did this past weekend. They did. We'll get onto it in a bit. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, this, I mean, from Crystal Palace in 12 to bottom, there's what, five points in it? It's five points between 12th and 20th. Yeah, that's mental. That's incredible. <laughs> we have 11 games yeah. left as well. It, there's just. A lot. Uh, it's, I don't think it's ever been this no, it's close been in this terms close. of like no. how many teams could potentially go down. No. I'm it's, just so glad Villa are involved in it. <laughs> yeah, it's slowly becoming what I'd say the rest of this season it's going to become is um, you've got those eight or nine teams that are going to be fighting for relegation and then you've got 11 through realistically sixth fighting for the last Europa League place and the Conference League place. 
and you got Newcastle, Spurs, and Man United fighting out for the uh, last two Champions League places, and then Man City and Arsenal fighting for the title. It's it's a bit of a four tier ish league this season, if that makes sense. Yeah, which is nice to see because at least mm. you think if one thing stops, then you'll have another thing to look ahead to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of talking points from here on out and a lot of action to keep our eyes on throughout the rest of this um, season. So Man United, again, dropping points this weekend to Southampton in a nil-nil draw at Old Trafford. Considering how they played on Thursday against Real Betis, I was expecting them to kick on, and I said it on the preview, I was expecting them to kick on and get a positive result here. Wasn't to be the way, again, poor officiating from Anthony Taylor in this one. We're going to disagree on this one. Even if I maybe sort of understand some of the reasons. That's a red card. I'm sorry, it just is. Oh, yeah, I'm not. For me, there's no dispute. That's a red card. However, what I want to talk about in that sense is for official, um, sorry, VAR for that one, Andre Mariner. What was the game he did earlier on this weekend where there was a red card incident extremely similar to that Casemiro red? Hmm. This weekend, uh, Chelsea Leicester. Was he, in, oh, yeah. was he in that one? Yeah, he yeah, was the looked that one as well. Mm, yeah, they've probably got the same thing with that one. It's it's just hard. We know VAR and the referee is just broken. Like, what doesn't make the sense is he's the main referee in that Chelsea Leicester one, doesn't do the sending off. Yeah, he goes to VAR for the Man United one and sends Casemiro off. Where is the con- like the consistency is beyond me. Like if in that case, the VAR takes over the decision. The referee just doesn't get a say at that point. Unless VAR tells them to, it's just hard, isn't it? Yeah, but the referee should have the final say in this and go, look, I'm making the final decision. I either, I'm either i either sending him off or I'm not. I can, I'll can i happily come over and have a look. Even if you tell me that you think it's this and I still don't believe it is, let the referee have the confidence to overrule VAR or say... Like if VAR says no, that's not a red card for Casemiro. I'm I'm just saying this as an example, but the referee thinks actually it is from what I've seen. Then let uh, Anthony Taylor in this case have the confidence to go. Well, I'm overruling you. Yeah, it just doesn't but, seem yeah. to be the way. But we know none of it makes sense. None <laughs> of it does, and I just found it surprised that people were trying to say it wasn't a red. Like that's an ang- that's a leg breaker if he's any more closer on his leg. Yeah, I think though they're just taking into consideration that uh, Leicester situation against Chelsea, literally twenty four hours or so earlier. So you like? Yeah, they're both reds. It's easy. And now he's going to be suspended for the next four games because it's his second red card. So you serve yeah. an extra game. It's still quite mad that this man never received a red card at Real Madrid ever. And now he's been set off twice so far for Manchester United. Does that say the inconsistencies of the Spanish refs or the inconsistencies of the English refs? We can't say it's the inconsistencies of the Spanish refs when they've given the most red cards of any league so far this season. Exactly. So why is it the English league it seems to come in? I mean... I'm not disputing that they are both. His red cards have been red card disputes. And for me, I don't 
obviously, I don't think he, uh, Ten Hag's going to appeal this one like he didn't with the first. It's just... Hard. Yeah, it's a very strange situation. Hard and very hard to, as you say, analyse. Um, Again, United should have had a couple of penalties in that one. When when do you not think you deserve a penalty? <laughs> well, I mean, there was the incident where Marcus Rashford is fouled by uh, Gavin Bazunu, and then there's the one I can't remember who it was on the left hand side put in the ball, and that um, Armel Bella Kachop when he falls to the floor and the ball clearly hits his arm. Like, well, I, was, I was very glad you didn't say the Walker Peters tackle on Garnacha because like, that was a great tackle. <laughs> Not yet about it. I don't know why everyone thought it was nice to go and give him a load of racial abuse online. Yes, I agree that is stupid and you should never do. However, it does look like it could be a serious injury for Garnacha. Yeah, obviously, damn, but it's yeah, it's bad for him. But and also, he left the stadium in um, a protective boot and on crutches as well. Yeah, that's okay. It's a shame for him. Yeah, yeah but obviously. The racial abuse towards Kyle Walker Peters is just fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. You're not solving anything there. <laughs> mm. Right. Um, elsewhere, in the... I feel next because top four just is as is. Yeah, managing to pick up victory against Nottingham Forest this time. Harry Kane scoring uh, twice, including one from the penalty spot, and Hyung uh, Min Son scoring the third. Um, Richarlison. <laughs> Yeah, this guy can't catch a break. It's so brilliant. The week that he's done that interview, said, oh, oh shit. And Conte he, can't score, he can't score any goals. He scores and he's offside. He does the shushing celebration <laughs> as well. He can't do the shushing celebration and then be rolled out offside. Oh. <laughs> when I saw that, I was just in tears already. I was like, that and is just... It perfectly encapsulates Richarlison. <laughs> Yeah. Just the 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 viewpoint everyone sees him. Mm. I mean, he was never a sixty million pound striker. Let's be honest. Is there, is anyone nowadays? There's a very rare bunch. You would say, yeah, you're a sixty million pound striker. But it's it's what those players are worth to the clubs you sign them from. But he was worth a lot to Everton. At times, yeah, but I think most of last season, if we're going on last season alone, I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't have paid more than 40 for him. But like you say, it's down to what the club value him at. Um, after that, I think it was a strong performance from Conte's side. It looked really uh, easy win for them in the end. Uh, could have been a lot closer game had Andre Ayew scored his penalty in uh, stoppage time. But doesn't matter. Spurs hang on for the three points and uh, give themselves a bit of breathing space in the top four over Newcastle United. But... Uh, Eddie Howe's side have played two games less than them. Yeah, we've said it enough times. The thing that's going to say, Forest, just go back to them as well. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the home form is going to save them for relegation. And yeah, you see them at home and you think, yeah, it's possible. Away form, though, is not great at all. And then Newcastle is, yeah, who knew? You play Alexander Isak, you look 10 times better than you have been. We did. I think everyone was saying it, like, it's criminal that he's been on the bench as much as he is, and it was a great header from him. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful header to put uh, Newcastle in the lead. Great ball from uh, Kieran Trippier. 
And like you say, you finally start Alexander Eshak and he will score the goal for you. Yeah. And questions of this one. Should Nick Pope have... Cause yes. Like, it was a definitely a penalty. I don't know if it would yep. have been a red card, personally. Yes, I think it would have been. I think it, you, we would think it would be, but I don't know if they would have given it as a red card, weirdly. I know that sounds horrific, but it's them. I don't know if they would have. Yeah, I know what you mean in that sense. But... Again, it's just VAR and confusing and officiating. I feel like I don't understand it anymore. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but good win for Newcastle. The Wolves goal was a funny one as well. Kieran Trippier just didn't get clear it right at all. And it was an easy tap in for Wang. And then Miggy Almiron stepped up off the bench and broke his little goal scoring drought that he was on. Yes. Uh... Good, uh, good win for Eddie Howside in the end. Uh, moves them above Liverpool following that result, and obviously Liverpool losing uh, earlier on in the weekend. Yeah, uh, the top two results: Arsenal beat Fulham three 0 That was slightly, straight, slightly straightforward in the first half. Oh, they yeah. tailed off massively in the second, but yeah, that was very surprising. And Man City beat Crystal Palace by a goal to nil. Not Palace, as easy, but still, kind Palace of are easy. in trouble. They don't yeah. score goals. No, I mean, they've scored 21 goals this season and conceded 33. Three games in a row without a shot on target as well. Yeah. And like, then it's the... worrying signs for Patrick Vieira's team. It is. And then the results, Leeds and Brighton was 2-2. I think that's a good result for Leeds, even though they're not out of the relegation. Mm-hmm. Definitely getting a... Considering how Brighton have been playing this season... Picking up a point there is absolutely uh, brilliant for uh, who the fuck? Javi Gracia. Javi Gracia is Leeds manager. Yeah, I don't know why I completely forgot who it was for a second. Uh, Everton beating Brentford one goal to nil. Yeah, I think that's pretty bad. Bad for Brentford. You went beyond in thirty-five seconds. It's not ideal, and then you've got enough time to get it back, and they just didn't do it. So that Mm. that's the first loss in. Quite a while, is it? Did, did they beat Fulham in the end? I've forgotten. Yeah, they beat Fulham three yeah. two. But that's the first time uh, they've lost since they lost to last year. That is so. It had been a while for uh, Brentford. Yeah, which not good. And I. I I'll go into the next result. Uh, West Ham won, Aston Villa won. Yeah. Like, from the perspective of Villa, I think if we're going to finish top half, Brentford are the team we're going to overtake in that case. Yeah. I think you're just going to find a more consistent basis. Yeah, I, I, some I, of these you know, less consistent. Games. Yeah. If we're going to sort of consistency, Leon Bailey is consistently shit. Yeah, how is this man still getting started? I can't, but this man's best position right now is the Bundesliga. Get him back over there right now. He's not, it's not going to yeah. work. No, I don't understand how he's still starting games or even appearing in games of Aston Villa for the rest of this it's season. It's not even that he's a liability. He's that he gets the ball. He offers nothing mm-hmm. when he gets it. There's no confidence in the guy and you can't play someone like that. Yeah, he's becoming a bit like what Adama Traore was. Too predictable. Adam Batra at least has the ability to run past people. Yeah. 
An arbitrary <laughs> is able to knock people over if he's going to run into them. They got barely caught that. No. Yeah, it's a strange one with him how he's still getting picked, and I think her summer move away is I think probably it was on made easier this time around because we lost Boob Kamara for a couple of weeks, so they just put John McGinn in a defensive midfield role, which means we could just put Bailey on the wing then at that point. Yeah. But it didn't work, he was useless. I mean, are we... I don't think we were bad, yeah. we deserved the point. West Ham probably could have won it with chances, and even though they were pretty bad as well, like you can see why they're not happy with David Moyes. Hmm. Okay, so with the European action now and Dortmund <laughs> dropping points uh, in the Riviera derby, drawing two-two with uh, Schalke. Big big result for Schalke to keep them in with a fighting chance of getting out of the relegation zone. Dortmund dropping points. Because Fari Derby and then my, my two dogs right now are perfectly encapsulating our bike fighting. As we recall. But yeah, disappointing uh, performance from Dortmund. Obviously, with the way that. The way that Schalke have been playing this season, you've got to be capitalising on these games, and unfortunately, they weren't able to do so. Uh, elsewhere, Bayern Munich. Uh, winning 5-3 against Augsburg. Benjamin Pavard scoring twice for Bayern in that one. And João Cancelo back in the starting lineup after a bit of respite. Well, not respite, but a little angst in him uh, over the last couple of weeks with him not playing many minutes. Um, but he got his game time this weekend and he managed to score a goal in that win. Uh, elsewhere, Leipzig beat Munch and Gladbach by three goals to nil. And FC Union Berlin uh, drew one all with uh, Wolfsburg, which puts a massive dent in their title challenge, if we can say that much more. Yeah. It's a shame. I think, yeah, I think for them, priority now is just get in top four so that they can be in the Champions League next season, and which is still a big, big thing for them, obviously, with the club of their stature. Playing Champions League football is... Uh, fantastic. Over in Spain this past weekend, and Real Madrid finally got back to winning ways, this time beating Espanyol three goals to one. Again, coming from a goal behind, Hasselu scored initially for uh, Espanyol before Vinicius Jr., Eda Miletao, and Marco Asensio scored the goals for Carlo Ancelotti's side. Barcelona beat Athletic Bilbao by one goal to nil. Rafinha on the stroke of half time. Uh, with the only goal of that one, although Inaki Williams did have a goal late, late on, uh, rolled out for offside. VAR uh, intervening in that one, which is a bit of a shame for uh, Bilbao, but it's obviously credit to Barcelona. They are looking strong as ever. Uh, Who's every side theirs to lose now at this point? Yeah, nine point gap at the top between themselves and uh, Real. Both played the same amount of games. You can't see them. Losing it now. Uh, fourth they've place, got to play Wales. each other again in there. So there's that. But yeah. they need them to lose other games, which could still happen. We've seen weirder things. Definitely. Uh, fourth place, Real Sociedad were held to a one-all draw with uh, Real Mallorca and Atletico Madrid play later on tonight against Girona. Over in Italy and Inter Milan losing 2-1 against Spezia on yeah, Friday. That, it's not, that's not on if you're Inter, really, is it? No, it can't be. I mean, 
Daniel Maldini, of all people, scoring the first goal for Spezia. And for those who don't know Daniel Maldini, he is, of course, the son of AC Milan yeah. great Paolo Maldini. Glorious. So, absolutely glorious scenes there for uh, AC Milan fans as uh, Maldini scored there. Yeah. I thought uh, AC Milan absolutely... remembered that they also aren't in the best position right now. Yes, down in fourth place, although they do play later on tonight and can go level up points with Inter Milan with a victory. Elsewhere, Napoli beat Atalanta by two goals to nil with a sensational goal from Kavice uh, Kavarisk Shayla uh, in that one. If you have, <laughs> you have a new way of saying it every week. Well, I'm just going to call him Kavice from now on. <laughs> Are we? They did in the um, Twitter account. They they just went Kavar. Oh my god! <laughs> didn't even bother yeah. spelling out the whole name. <laughs> it was, it's quite funny. Uh, absolutely fantastic goal. Uh, elsewhere, Juventus beat Sampdoria by four goals to two, and Jose Mourinho's Roma losing full three to Sassuolo. Oh wow! Which is a, a big, big uh, shock for them. Right, and over into France finally now, and Lyon drew three three with uh, Lille on Friday uh, again having to come from behind Jonathan David scoring a hat-trick now becoming the all-time leading goal, goal scorer in uh, Lille history, surpassing Edin Hazard. Uh, so congratulations to him. PSG managed to beat Brest 2-1, uh, Kylian Mbappe scoring a winner in the 90th minute uh, for PSG. So took them long enough to get a winner, but they managed to do so. So not too much to complain about there. Marseille and Strasbourg played out a 2-2 draw and once again Stad Rem are still undefeated yeah. under Will Still. Yeah, can't they can't time. be beaten. Florian oh. Balogun as well. Yeah, the dogs have gone mental now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The release for Stad Rem's run is incredible. Yeah. Like was it since like October, September they haven't lost? So it's twenty three nineteen games there. Yeah, Brilliant. it's absolutely incredible to see. And finally, over in the MLS this past weekend, uh, Christian Benteke watch, or DC United as I'm going to call it, they drew 1-1 with Orlando City. Um, Benteke didn't score in that one, unfortunately. Oh, well. And just looking at his uh, rating on one football, he only got a 2.4. It's out of five, though, so it's fine. Is it? I thought it was out of 10. That's why it's out of four, because you never see anyone get more than four, don't you? I'm more for what you do. Oh, well, I figured the wrong app. Yes. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, how same... Get, how did you get two? Oh, he I have no idea. Hmm? He couldn't have started then in that point. No, he did. Better have a word with one, one football. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, some of the uh, scoring, I think, is really unfair, and I'd love to know how they... Uh, score up. Anyway, new MLS side St. Louis City continued their fantastic start to life as an MLS franchise beating Portland Timbers by two goals to one. Kyle Hebert scoring the winner in the 76th minute there and current MLS champions Los Angeles City beat uh, Los Angeles FC, sorry, beat the New England Revolution 4-0 uh, early hours of this morning with Dennis Buanga scoring a bracer who's been an absolute uh, phenomenal player for them this season and he also got assist on the fourth goal 
Yeah. Uh, the other thing with MLS, I don't know if you'd said it this morning, uh, something that I completely forgot, Jamie Vardy was trying to get an MLS team. Is he? Have you forgot as well? Rochester, based in New York, but unfortunately something happened and it won't be happening anymore because one of the buyers backed out, so it can no longer be funded. I hadn't seen that at all, actually. Bring on the Las Vegas villains. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Right, um... I believe that is everything. Later on. No, there's Champions League, I just remembered. Yep, so Champions League, second legs... Uh, tomorrow and on Wednesday so a reminder it's FC Porto versus Inter Milan with Inter Milan having a 1-0 lead in that Manchester City RB Leipzig 1-1 draw from the first leg on that and then Wednesday Napoli versus Eintracht Frankfurt Napoli lead the first leg 2-0 and Real Madrid versus Liverpool Real Madrid have a 5-2 advantage in that one and then on Thursday it's the second legs of the round of 16 uh, Europa League and Europa Conference League ties with two of the three English teams in the lead, obviously Man United and West Ham United leading their ties. Arsenal currently drawing 2-2 with Sporting Club. So at the end of the week, we will know all of the quarter finalists? Yes. That's, yeah, we're nearing the end. <laughs> it's depressing. Definitely. Right, uh, that is it. We'll be back by... Uh, the end of the week to look back on those midweek action in the Champions League and the Conference League and look ahead to another weekend's worth of fixtures and the return of Gary Lineker. <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, uh, I knew we have to end this soon because I've got a separate Kieran Dara and Lee Bowie behind me. <laughs> <laughs> right. In the meantime, we'll see you soon. <laughs>